We got the confirmation. LaMelo Ball will indeed miss the remainder of the season. So now, how will the Hornets look on the court? We'll discuss all of that today on Locked On Hornets. You're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> it's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ 92.7 FM from 12 to 3, and that's Doug Branson. Find his box score. Find his uh, Substack every Hornets box score at everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm used to just reading it, but it's your Twitter handle this time, at Doug Branson, L-O-H, and I'm just used to reading the Substack. So you've changed things on me and the graphics you meant to do that. You oh, no, I didn't Burgundy. mean to do that. That's a that's an error on my part. Uh, I am still a little <laughs> bit under under the weather. I'm battling phlegm uh, on a daily basis, and it has infected my brain. So I missed the op- the marketing opportunity, but I'll take it now. Every Hornets box score dot com. Uh, we're going to go through the entire season, Lamelo or not, and we're going to be writing about Mark Williams and and everything that the Hornets have to look forward to for the rest of the season. It is not every LaMelo box score, although it's close. You could call it that, and it would still gain a lot of traction and get a lot of traffic, but it is every Hornets box score, and so we will still talk about the team. We'll get to the James Wiseman-Mark Williams duel in the last segment. That was fun to see those two big guys go at it in the last game against the Detroit Pistons. We'll get to Scoot Henderson in just a moment. The second segment, there was a write-up about the possible second overall pick. Scooting would be a lot of fun to say on this podcast and in the Carolina. Going scooting. Let's continue to discuss LaMelo Ball. We got the confirmation, Doug. No surprise whatsoever. But it came out about 12 o'clock yesterday. Shams Sharania of The Athletic did confirm that he would indeed miss the last 19 games of the regular season. No surprise. We wanted him, given the circumstances. We wanted him to miss the rest of the season. We did not want him to try to come back. Don't even know if it would be possible with a fractured right ankle. Going to WFNZ, doing the show from 12 to 3, getting a lot of the listeners texting in, the tweets hurled at my Twitter handle. Hurled. A lot of people are worried they about hurled Romello, them at you. Doug. Yes, throw them. Throw them. Throw them. That's the topic as well. They, they done threw them at me. Yes, Skin. 100%. Injury prone, right? Like that's that's what people are worried about with Lamelo. They're worried about the ankles. Um, lots of we can't trust this guy to be out there on the court. Man, it feels like we've kind of taken a downturn here. And I get it. Everybody's really scared. But where are you 24 hours out, basically, from the injury? Well, I put on my Lamelo Ball T-shirt, you know, and, and just like solidarity with Lamelo. I feel for him. You know, I mean, he he obviously has you know big expectations for himself and his career. And, and this is just – this has got to be devastating for him uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has had so much success in the little time that he's been in the NBA. And to have these just consistent setbacks this season, you know, after really – it seemed like he had overcome the wrist thing, you know, from his rookie season. And, you know, to, to have this, uh, you know, kind of linger and, and be a consistent issue I think is, is tough to watch for him. And so I wore this T-shirt and then I went down and, and – uh, my baby pointed at the T-shirt and said, ball, but said it kind of in a question mark. And, you know, mm-hmm. she doesn't know LaMelo Ball's injured, but I do. So then I started crying 
uh, because I'm a baby. And then she started crying because she's a baby. And, uh, you know, we all just had a good cry about it. So I think that's where I am, you know, just mentally, emotionally about the whole thing. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, he's out for the season. That's tough. It's tough because, you know, it makes the product, I think, less entertaining. Um, it also, I think, is difficult because for the people that watch this show or listen to this show, you know, I think we go in depth. We're, we're interested in, in how all of the pieces fit together. You're not going to get a good evaluation of how those pieces are going to fit together next season without LaMelo Ball on the floor. And I think it's going to stunt some, some development from Mark Williams. I think we were, we were both looking forward to seeing those two play it out for the rest of the season. And, and now this just puts the Hornets as a franchise one half step behind. The Mark Williams angle is pretty frustrating too. LaMelo being number one overall, not having him out on the court. And then the second most exciting piece on the team, Mark Williams not being able to be his best self because LaMelo brings the best out of a lot of other players on the team. And now Mark Williams won't have that. That is tough. So that is one way they're going to look on the court a little worse with whoever is running the pick and roll with Mark Williams outside of LaMelo Ball. What is another big change you expect? What's the backcourt going to look like yeah. with no LaMelo the rest of the way, Doug? It's going to be really interesting. We don't have any indication yet as to what the lineup's going to look like tonight against the Suns. But I think we're going to get some indication based on the decision about where Steve Clifford's priorities are. Because if you're talking about just trying to win this game against the Suns, you probably want to go Terry Rozier at the point guard position, maybe call up Kelly Oubre to be your shooting guard to give you a little bit more offensive punch and, and leave DSJ on the bench because he, he's been just a, a great presence there defensively and somebody that you can use to close games as well. So I think if he does that, you know, you're looking at a team that's still <clears throat> trying to evaluate some things, still trying to win basketball games. If you go to DSJ as the starting point guard, to me that signals, hey, you really want to put a point guard out there that can help Mark Williams be Mark Williams. Because I don't, I think if you're looking at the two guys, Terry Rozier versus DSJ, I think DSJ is going to be the one that's more deferential and, and more able to facilitate to Mark Williams. So I think that to me would signal, all right, we're moving close. I sound like I'm underwater right now. <clears throat> there we go. Mm. I think we're moving closer towards what the end of the season was always going to be, which is, you know, a, a move towards youth, a move towards development, a move towards the next season. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a big difference, right? And, and because I, I do think Steve Clifford, he does value defense. There is a big-time difference in Kelly Oubre and Dennis Smith Jr. when it comes to the defensive end of the court. Huge difference just facilitating. Dennis Smith will pass the ball. Kelly Oubre is going to look to score. <laughs> I, I think Dennis Smith Jr.'s ability can also help you win basketball games, and and so can Kelly. I, I wonder just the split there. I wonder how much that's going to be matchup-based, if this is one of those things where starters are a little overrated and it all comes down to situation and finishing lineups. And I wonder just how Steve Clifford's going to handle all of that. My mm -hmm. biggest question around the backcourt is, how much playing time does Bryce McGowan's get? Is he going to see mm. decent minutes at the two even more so? Mm. And not now because he's assigned to Greensboro as it currently stands. But we have 19 more games left. Does this open up the door whatsoever for James Booknight? I don't think so. But that is a question that is out there. Uh, out there. What say you? On the Booknight situation, 
I don't really see that happening until later on in the season, even with all of this happening, uh, because we just haven't gotten any indication that there what that there's going to be sort of a legitimate whatever number nth that you want to put on the number of chances he's had that he's going to get like a legitimate serious chance at making an impact on this team. I, I would say when the team gets a little less serious about winning basketball games, that's when you would see uh, more time for Book Knight, more time for Kai Jones, and those kind of things. Because to me, Book Knight represents a fringe decision uh, and really a future decision because I think he's extended through the, through this next season. So really it's not even something that's like super urgent uh, in terms of a decision that they have to make. So, yeah, I mean, until I until I hear something from Steve Clifford that would represent – you know, some indication that they're ready to give this guy another shot. I just, I, w- I would be surprised if we saw more book night. I would be less surprised by your first uh, supposition there that we would see more Bryce McGowan's. Because again, you, you know, if they're coming at this from, all right, we can't replace everything that LaMelo gives us, but we do, you know, if we, if we want to win basketball games, if that's what we're thinking here, then, uh, or if at least we want to play well, then we have to try to replace what he can do offensively. And so I think that's probably going to be less Thor because <laughs> Thor was in there as a, you know, just sort of a defensive uh, wrench that you throw in there while PJ, and we don't know PJ's status. I think he's listed as doubtful as far as I know. So you get PJ back uh, in there. Maybe Rod get a- Boone put out there that he was shooting and and looking a lot better out there on the practice floor. So PJ probably ready any day. Yeah, and so if PJ comes back, you know Thor, do do you try to get more Bryce McGowan's in there to give you a little bit more of an offensive punch because Thor is not giving you really anything offensively. So I think that is more likely than than Book Knight at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, and and just with Book Knight. Um, Right. I, I don't know as far as the, the end of the season, maybe, but you were discussing unless Steve Clifford gives us any indication that he does want to throw him in the lineup. Well, we've got the exact opposite from Steve Clifford. Yeah. I mean, Steve, Steve even said post all-star break, he talked about Bryce McGowan's and remember the quote where he said, you know, young players used to come in here and want to work and want to get better. You know, <laughs> that's, that's Bryce McGowan's. He said something to that, yeah. to that uh, tone. <laughs> You want to be careful. Like, you know, he's just trying to read to you. No, I don't no. want to like take a comment that he makes about one player and then make it about Doug, another this player. Is where you look, live, there's a lot dude. of this look, there's Ty Jones. This there's is... a lot of there's a lot of players on this team that are not getting time. So you want to be careful here. I'm I'm trying to give wow. trying to give James the benefit of the doubt. Wow. No, I'm not saying I'm just saying it was interesting to hear. But this is your neighborhood. You invented speculation. You created a soundbite. You put an effort to edit a soundbite that resolves you of any responsibility about speculation. And now that you're all phlegmy. Oh, I know. I'm telling you, I'm not 100 percent. I I will readily admit that this is the phlegm is getting into my brain. Uh, I'm Mm. telling you, give me like I'm saying this is going to be around for another day, maybe two days. So wait till Friday. Friday, I might bring the Friday fire and uh, be ready to eject James Booknight into the sun. We'll see. Or uh, eject your Friday phlegm into the sun. Who knows? We'll find out on Friday. Stay tuned for an awesome segment on Locked On Hornets. All right. Also, stay tuned for the next segment. Coming up next, Locked On Hornets. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. 
We discussed a write-up about Victor Wembanyama last week. Well, now we have one on Scoot Henderson. Does the LaMelo ball injury injuries, does that change how you approach the possibility of drafting a backcourt player in Scoot Henderson? We'll discuss that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. Finally, well, really two-thirds of the way through, but you get the idea post-All-Star break. It's here. The perfect time is now to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're scooting next. Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. I, Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I brought out the Todd, Todd, Todd soundbite for a mock draft melee that is in full effect on WFNZ (laughs) because we are trying to figure out what quarterback the Carolina Panthers are going to select. And there are mock drafts galore, man. 1.0, I've got them all. And we have the melee, so that's working for us. Well, I'll say whenever I feel down about the Charlotte Hornets, I just think about the fact that the Panthers are interviewing, uh, what, Carr and what's the other option? It was another sad well, option. Well, Carr is the guy they visited with. Carson Wentz uh, is yeah, the other Wentz. QB. My God, thank you. God, well, just he's, like. He's, <laughs> he has familiarity with Frank Reich, but there's been no indication that they're going to bring him aboard. They did visit with Derek Carr. If so you we'll feel sad about there. LaMelo Ball, just understand, like, LaMelo Ball's coming back. I mean, he's out for the season, but hopefully that means he's not out for the calendar year. You know, hopefully that be, out for the season hopefully means – you know, he, he can get right either by preseason or by the start of the regular season next next season. So, yeah, I mean, if you're feeling sad about that, just think about the Panthers having to choose between Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. My God. These are the teams I talk about. Um, <laughs> it's going well over here. I just want to draft a QB and then clean the slate and see what this rookie could do. Speaking of rookies and seeing what they could do, Scoot Henderson will be a rookie in this upcoming NBA season after this one is over and done with. The question is, will Scoot be in a Hornets uniform? Will it be Wimby? Will it be somebody else? Who knows? We've talked a lot about Victor Wembanyama, and anytime we mention Scoot Henderson, I mention how much I would love to see him alongside LaMelo Ball. I have zero problem drafting him second overall I know people are excited about Brandon Miller and what he can do at Alabama, despite all of the problems going on with the Brandon Miller, Alabama situation. The dude is still a fantastic basketball player. And I guess because LaMelo is already your point guard, you envision him as your small forward. And well, okay, maybe you take Brandon at second overall, not entertaining that I'm going with Scoot Henderson. And it all goes to having two ball handlers that are excellent in the backcourt, Doug, with 
LaMelo being able to shoot very well, pull up and also catch and shoot numbers. He'll let it fly. Scoot Henderson provides a lot of rim pressure, which is something this team needs so they could complement one another. Not only am I okay with drafting Scoot second overall, still, I love the idea. LaMelo healthy and Scoot out there on the floor. It, it entices me. It draws me to Scoot how he compliments LaMelo's game. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, elite point guard, you know, getting a lot of comparisons to Derrick Rose and uh, Russell Westbrook. He's he's been around NBA talent, NBA level talent. He's been at what? He's been at two all star games, not all star games, but all star mm. weekends already. And he's never even had one single minute in an NBA game. I mean, he's ready. Like <laughs> So that's exciting. And, and, and do note that even if they crawl into the top three and have those 14 percent odds, at getting Victor Webinyama, the the percentages to get this to get Scoot are thirteen point four. Like I mean, it's it's just marginal difference in terms of your odds to get the one or the two pick. So uh, really, I think they've got to be thinking about all options. Tim Reynolds recently did a, a I think it was it launched today or maybe yesterday uh, from the AP did a new write up on Scoot. And I just want to read a couple of quotes here. Um, this is Scoot talking about himself. Okay, quote. There might be a team that might need a leader, need somebody who can talk, somebody who can communicate on the floor, Henderson said. I think I can make a big difference. Just want to stop there because that's a beautiful quote. I love that <laughs> because that's what the Hornets need, honestly, even if it's going to come from a rookie, even with, even on a team with a, a all-star already in LaMelo Ball, they need somebody who can come in and be a leader, be, be somebody who can talk on the court and off the court because I don't – I don't know that at least at this stage in LaMelo's career that he really fits cleanly into that particular role. Would you agree well, with that or disagree with that? No, yes, no, I, I I would agree that Scoot Henderson with all of the talk, that's the thing, that's the key word, because I don't know how many players the Hornets have on their roster that are vocal. I mean, you have tons of examples of leadership, whether you are vocal, whether you lead by example, whatever. We don't have the vocal guy. We just don't on this team. And sometimes that might be important. And Scoot Henderson would provide that and hopefully also provide that by example with his play on the court. Now, he says that he could see himself fitting with a bunch of teams and all of the teams towards the bottom of the lottery or the top, I guess, is how you would describe it. The bottom worst teams in the NBA. But he sees himself with Houston. He studies those players. He studies San Antonio. And then this last quote is interesting, too, that you put in here in the rundown. He said teams with two point guards, he wonders might be the future. Quote, dual backcourt would be crazy. Explosive and smart backcourts are cool to me. All right, Scoot, you take care of the explosive. Maybe you are dominant explosive and then smart as your B personality. LaMelo can be smart dominant personality and then explosive passing everything else the shooting yeah i love it i yeah. two point guards absolutely love that backcourt pairing even if you don't get wimby and so yes clearly i'm not going to make the case of scoot over wimby that guy's generational we've said that a million times but if it does go to second overall i will be sad because wimby has that kind of uh cachet to his name and then it, I will be happy understanding the type of fit that Scoot and LaMelo will provide for this team. Oh, totally. I mean, if you think back to that matchup that LaMelo had against Anthony Edwards, and it wasn't really one-to-one. -one. They weren't really guarding each other except on, a, on, on some rare possessions. So it really wasn't like a 1v1 type of matchup. But 
you're going to compare those guys because they were drafted in the same draft, Edwards one and LaMelo and LaMelo three. And they do such different things on the floor, but things that are both valuable. And LaMelo had the better game, but Anthony Edwards was also doing some things in the fourth quarter in terms of driving the basketball, getting fouled, getting his team in a, in a position to score when they needed to score. Like th- that's, that's valuable. And, and Scoot projects a lot like that. And so, you know, I, if you watch the Minnesota game and thought to yourself, man, what would it be like to have Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball? I think Scoot answers that question a little bit. I, w- I would be very excited to see both both of those in, in a dual backcourt situation. And, and mm-hmm. their size. You know, it's not a – I think that was always the concern with the dual backcourt in terms of Lillard and McCollum was like you were always trying to overcome some size issues. I don't think that you know what's uh, Henderson on height. Well, no, I, mean, I think I he's, he's like beefy. six three or well, I think he's six three or six but four. He's one ninety five. He's a beefy boy. Did you see the picture Chris Vernon put on social media? I, it Scoot is a linebacker. His arms yeah. are monstrous. There is zero skinny problem with right. Scoot. Or and so that's, any you get the compliment, of- and that's what it takes pressure off of Lamelo because we've been. This show is guilty of it, but I think that we're just reflecting what a lot of people are thinking and talking about. We're trying to put this pressure on LaMelo. Hey, drive the basketball more, get more contact, get more foul shots so that you can become a four. We're doing that because we see that it's actually necessary on this team as it's currently constructed. But if you had a guy like Scoot that naturally drives the basketball, gets contact, gets to the foul line, you know, can pull up in mid range really easily. Like then, then the pressure is all off on Lamelo, and he can do the things that are are more attuned to his game right now, which is shooting three pointers and passing the basketball. Well, and, and last thing on Scoot, I don't know if you said this earlier. Maybe I was looking something up. Maybe I wasn't listening. I don't know. But it provides insurance <laughs> as a facilitator too, with with the ankle injuries that you have with Lamelo. Yeah. You know, uh, having those problems, bringing oh, yeah. in a Scoot Henderson. Three sprained ankles, one fractured right ankle. Lamelo is expected to come back, but if it lingers and then he has to go out, whereas of now people will point to Terry, but he's a combo guard. He is not somebody that I want as my lead ball handler. Even if you were to be so desperate and throw James Booknight in there, combo guard, not a lead facilitator. Dennis Smith Jr. kind of provides that role, but we know his limits offensively. Enter Scoot, right? There, there you have the insurance if LaMelo does have a few injuries and something lingers there. So that would just be another selling point of drafting Henderson second overall. Well, yeah, and it makes, it makes Terry Rozier a little bit more expendable uh, come some 100%. kind of offseason or trade deadline situation. Uh, and, and I think even if, if he's not tradable, then you're, you may not retain Kelly Oubre's services. So then Terry Rozier suddenly becomes – your de facto six man. And honestly, like, cl- you know, closing games with a three guard lineup and Terry Rozier, you know, knocking down big shots in the fourth quarter. Like, I don't, I don't hate that. I, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea to me. So we'll see how it all shapes up under 20 games left to go. And the Hornets do we're not dreaming. have their best we're scooting. <laughs> So we are scooting. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We're just discussing a future rookie. Let's discuss a current rookie. Coming up next, Mark Williams. What did we think of his battle with James Wiseman, the former second overall pick? 
by the Golden State Warriors, now flipped and traded to the Detroit Pistons, had a battle with Charlotte, trying to maybe put on a statement for the other team that did not get a chance to draft him. If they did, they might have selected James Wiseman, number three overall. We'll get to that in just a moment. Last segment coming up, Locked on Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards. Shards? No, I would not have. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We came for the Mark Williams, Jalen Duran big man battle. Duran was injured, did not suit up against the Charlotte Hornets. And it's unfortunate because the last time they played, Mark Williams only played a single minute. I believe that was Nick Richards' time. Of course, Mason Plumley still on the roster. And so we didn't get to see those two guys go at it. Came for Jalen Duran. Instead, Doug, we got James Wiseman. And Wiseman played pretty damn well. You look at him, 9 of 11 from the field, even hit a three-point shot. 23 points for Wiseman, seven rebounds, four of the offensive variety, went four of six from the free throw line. So that was Wiseman's line. Mark Williams played a few more minutes, seven of 10 from the field, 11 rebounds, four offensive, 15 points for Mark Williams, also, also had a couple of blocks too. What did you make of that battle between those two young big guys? I thought they each got their punches in. I mean, I, I would have to give it to Wiseman um, a, a little bit because I, I just thought there were several plays where Wiseman just sort of handled Mark Williams in terms of just being a little bit more physical inside, moving him out, dueling him for offensive rebounds. Uh, you know, there was that one play in the second quarter where he got the off, where Wiseman got the offensive rebound, and Mark tried to recover, but it ended up being basket interference, and then. And then next play, uh, fouled him in transition. Uh, so, you know, and it's, I think it's going to be interesting because Mark Williams so far in the, in the couple of games that he's played well offensively, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of cleanup, you know, offensive rebound putbacks, which I expect to continue. But, but I think over the past couple of games, what we've seen is LaMelo Ball facilitating to him and other players facilitating to him as well. And providing them with real opportunities. Some of those opportunities, I think, are going to shrink now without Lamelo Ball, um, and we'll see. You know what he can do because you can't really run the ball through him yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this was an interesting matchup. It's a bit of a Spider-Man meme matchup, right? Wiseman and and Mark are sort of built similarly. There's just a lot of plays. You know, I, I've been impressed with a lot of stuff that Mark Williams has done, and I'm not trying to take anything away because, I mean, 18 and 20, thats those are gaudy numbers. Even, you know, 15 and 11, more pedestrian than 18 and 20, but still a, a nice stat line, yeah. especially when you, you throw the blocks in there. But there's just some moments where I'm just like, I'm looking at the screen, I'm like, Mark, like, go out there and hit James Wiseman. Like, not hit, like, not punch, but, like, get a body on his body. Like, it's just it's frustrating at times, and I bet it's frustrating for Steve Clifford and I, you know, I hope that that it's something that develops with him, that he just gets a little bit more and he's see a little bit more fight. Yeah, I I feel like it is getting better. You know, I, I agree with you. Wiseman Wiseman edged Mark Williams out in this battle. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it was just by a smaller gap. I think the differences are Wiseman is considerably more comfortable with the basketball in his hands. Mm -hmm. He also can shoot the three a little bit right now. 
he's been in the league for three years. He's been in an NBA weight training program for three years. And so that certainly helps James Wiseman's case over a rookie in Mark Williams. But Wiseman probably was more physical, especially there's the offensive possession where he faked Mark Williams. Williams went up and then Wiseman was able to finish on that one post up. It was just a one-on-one play between those guys. I still think, yeah, I, I, I don't view Mark as soft, you know, and I don't know if that's what you're saying. I know you're saying that you'd like for him to go hit the other guy quite a few more times, but what Mark is showing to me, I think he's getting better every single game. The pick and roll defense is certainly a problem, but he also had a couple of really nice passes in this game. The pass on the possession where LaMelo went down. I think even with the offensive game starting to develop, you're seeing those push shots about in between the free throw line and the goal. And so you're starting to extend that a little bit more. And that seems to be automatic. That seems to be money for Mark Williams. I'm cool cleaning, uh, cleaning the offensive glass. I mean, he just slams it home finishing with a good amount of power pretty consistently providing that presence that this Hornets team hasn't had with apologies to Cody Zeller. I don't want uh, Charlotte sports despair to come at me rightfully. So apologies to Cody Zeller, but they have a presence in Mark. And I feel that especially with him having so little time already in the rotation, I'm not going to call him soft. I'm not ready to make that evaluation yet. What I'm saying is I, I think for players that first of all, you know, he's not like, you know, physically, He's a freak, but he's not a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 super he's long. Skinnier. Yeah, he's super long, yeah. and so I think he's used that length. He's depended on that length for a long time. Sure. <clears throat> and so I think, you know, he's going to run into matchups. He's got one. T- I think he's going to have one tonight against Aiden, where you you know you, you either. I just think it's a training thing, like training yourself to use your physicality, and so you know I think it's going to be a combination of him getting bigger. And then learning, hey, it's not always about my length. It's about sometimes I've got to hit first, you know, get in there and and have that urgency because his effort's there. I would say soft if I saw some other stuff effort-wise where I was like, man, this guy just doesn't care. It's clear that he cares. Look at that fourth quarter against Detroit when he faked out three pistons for a dunk, got fouled, then got his own free throw miss. And we've seen him mm-hmm. make clutch plays in the fourth quarter. So I'm not worried about effort. I'm not, I'm not worried about want to at all. It's just there are plays throughout a game where I'm like, man, I really wish you because he's he's not going to be as physically strong as I would I don't know even like a majority of the center matchups that he goes up against. But uh, if you yeah. don't have that urgency to to go out there and, and put a body on a body defensively, th- then I think it's going to cause a lot of problems and, and and hopefully those get worked out as he does train up, get bigger and get more experience in these matchups. So I, I'm being patient with it. I'm just I'm just telling you what I'm seeing in, in these yeah. past couple of games. Well, yeah, I mean, and DeAndre Ayton is a great example. Number one overall pick, Jay Billis famously said he's a Hall of Fame talent, which he's you know, pretty crazy coming out of Arizona and into the NBA draft, was awful defensively his rookie season. Did not know how to defend the pick and roll whatsoever. Now a plus defender with the Phoenix Suns because that's how it goes. Plus pretty skinny. I mean, had a good NBA body, but also still pretty skinny. And the thing about Mark Williams, too, and I referenced this during the pre-draft process, if you go back to that combine, the fact that this is a guy that is 7'1 and has the 9'9 standing reach and the long wingspan, all of that, his body fat percentage was stupid low for someone at 7'1. He does not have a lot of meat on those bones, as as indicated, I should say, by the body fat percentage and just looking at him. So weight training continues to happen for him. 
as long as the effort's there, as long as Steve Clifford keeps coaching him up on defense and he just learns the nuances of the game, th that's, that's why I get so excited. I'm not ignoring some of the flaws, right? But I see everything in front of me, and that leaves me pretty damn high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, with with Mark, like I'm super excited about what he can provide. You know, yeah, this is it's awesome stuff. What he's doing right now with clear flaws that he needs to clean up in order to be a consistent starter and impact player as the years go on. Well, what excites you is that every time you see one of those plays where he gets pushed out or gets bullied, you know, and gives up an offense, a bad offensive rebound, he it seems like every single time he follows that up with something that you go, what in the world was that in, in the best way? And, and an example of that was at the end of the first half, about 41 seconds to go, I linked the play in my Every Hornets box score right up. Uh, Mar this Mark Williams block of a corner three, he's well behind the play. He starts to jog up, and, and the Pistons are pushing it. They get the ball into the corner, and Mark from the half-court line takes a couple of like Giannis Antetokounmpo size mm -hmm. strides and blocks a corner three. <laughs> like again, he started from the half court line when he, when he turns it up again, his physical tools are such that they allow him to do things that make, you know, that are eye popping. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's all about consistency of play too. You know, that's something that Steve Clifford is it preaches about and, and wants to see from players that he decides to give big minutes to in big situations and so it's consistency of play. And so, you know, right now, I think the promise is that every time he does something that you go, ah, that he follows it up with something that you go, whoa, it's how do you, you know, how do you merge those two things into a consistent level of play? That's his challenge, you know, coming up this offseason and into next season. But super, super impressed and, and bright future and looking forward to seeing him play not only against Aiden tonight, but also against Kevin Durant, who's popping up at Charlotte Myers Park high school basketball games with with the whole squad. That was that was interesting. Kevin Durant, Larry Brown and the entire Bally's broadcast crew for the Charlotte mm -hmm. Hornets. Ashley Shamedy. You had Del Curry um, or maybe not Del Curry. George I didn't Lynch. See, I didn't see Del. I saw EC. I saw George Lynch. Right. Yeah. Uh, all of them out there to watch uh nazi muhammad's kid so yeah, yeah sir muhammad yeah I, I had no idea that that was a thing i i you know I, i'm i'm just getting into my college research now so yeah i'm way behind on my high school kids but apparently you know the nba is letting teams now uh they're they're relaxing some standards on teams scouting high school players which could be a mm -hmm. four you know or, or you know sort of foreshadowing to a, maybe a decision to let high school kids enter the draft again but uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm all caught up on Sir Muhammad plays for Myers Park. Uh, that kid kind of looks like Scoot a little bit in terms of his build. Like he's, just, he's that's a beefy boy too. That's it's going to be exciting to watch him come up. All right, when when there's a write up on Sir Muhammad, we'll give you that episode maybe next week or so. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make Certain. your second listen. <laughs> game to game NBA doesn't quite hit the same. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 